This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 12th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Upcoming elections in Turkey have the potential to end the reign of President Erdogan, who has seized a great deal of additional state power over the economy and education in recent years. Cato's Mustafa Akil details where Turkey stands now and what may be to come. So uh, Erdogan's policies have been sort of all over the map. There's been a lot of uh, his attacks on inflation have been sort of laughed out of the room in a in a in a way in in terms of how he's tried to to deal with that. Uh, he has taken big steps to seize greater state control of universities and schools in Turkey, and um, I, I I guess I suppose why should we expect for this election to be legitimate? That's a very good question. And I see a lot of people outside of Turkey looking at Turkey's freedom of speech or rule of law, and they see that Turkey has become, by and large, an authoritarian regime by most measures. And they say, well, how should elections matter in a country like this? I mean, in authoritarian regimes, you don't expect the president to lose the election. They typically win some 90% of the vote all the time because they vote and they count it themselves if people even if people vote you know the, the the government the ruling party has control over the outcome but turkey in this case is a unique country yes it has become very authoritarian when you look at the number of people jailed in turkey for their ideas people who are uh detained for quote unquote insulting the president the number of journalists in jail there are many things that are totally not similar to what you would have in a democracy. But Turkey's electoral system is different, and I think it's still functional uh, for various reasons. I mean, Turkey has a decent electoral system that goes back to 1950. So it's not like a Russia where nobody thinks the elections will change anything. Uh, People have faith in the elections, and it's a decent system. Votes are openly counted. Uh, That's why Erdogan's ruling party lost the two major cities, Ankara and Istanbul, to their municipalities, to the opposition parties in 2019. They actually forced a redoing of the election in Istanbul, uh, but still the, the, the result was even worse for them. That is why the Turkish opposition has the hope that if they really win the majority of the ballots this Sunday, the vote will be by and large decent. Uh, they may oust Erdogan. Is this a premature hope? We will see this weekend. But my conviction is that if the opposition really can have a big landslide victory against Erdogan, Erdogan may not do anything other than conceding the defeat, conceding defeat, and we can see a change in in government. That would be a huge thing. What are opposition parties promising? The opposition parties are now a coalition. It's called the Table of Six, as six parties came together to defeat Erdogan, basically. And the biggest component of that is Turkey's mainstream secular party, led by Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, who's now the uh, presidential candidate against Erdogan. Now, is Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu a very charismatic candidate? Most people would say no, but for a lot of people, he's a great candidate because he's not Erdogan. <laughs> and, you know, and a lot of people also see him as a more reconciliatory person, more modest. He doesn't look like an authoritarian figure at all. And 
that's the main component. And then there's a Turkish nationalist party. Then there are small parties that actually cater to the same religious base that Erdogan controls, but they they became fed up with Erdogan. I call them the never Erdoganists. You know, they're the people who think that you know the main direction the party has gone is wrong, and they also joined this coalition. Uh, there's also, of course, the biggest Kurdish bloc. Uh, there's a left-wing party that gets a lot of support from the Kurdish base. They're a part of this. And if they win the election, they will have some disagreements within, and we will see how they will manage the country. It won't be easy. It's already a country whose economy has been tarnished by Erdogan's irrational policies. But it will still be a very hopeful turn for Turkey. And the world will see that uh, in a populism, authoritarian populism, that has gone this far, there's still hope and elections can change things. What do you view of the claim that, and I think this claim is made in a number of countries, that this is the last exit before full tyranny? There is, I think, much through to that because what we have seen under Erdogan's rule is that he has steadily increased his power, concentrated power in his hands. And then he began using this power to basically, quote unquote, conquer the society. Uh, he got control of now today 80, 90% of the media. If he rules, rules for five more years, why not 100%? He controls many campuses, universities. He appoints the heads of universities. There's still some academics who are against him. Well, why not get rid of them and make it 100% party state as well? So that's the fear. If he gets this election too, five years from now, it can be a totally party state. And even elections may be, may be meaning less at the time. So a lot of people, especially people in the opposition also are saying, maybe this is the last exit for Turkey before full authoritarianism. And I think there is truth in that. Uh, also, we don't know what Erdogan will do if he actually loses the election, especially with a small margin. Uh, people remember that in America, you know, there was the event of January 6th because some people thought that there is a steal and they should stop the steal and they roamed the Congress. Uh, some people, including myself, have the worry that if there's a small margin uh, and uh, if there's a disputed result and the opposition wins with a small margin, Erdogan can pull out something like that. And that would be a scary scenario. Hope not. Who are uh, Erdogan's allies? I'm thinking right now of people like Vladimir Putin or Viktor Orban in Hungary. Globally, Erdogan certainly has good friendships with these figures. Uh, Vladimir Putin is one of those. Viktor Orban, Hungary is, is one of those. Uh, he's good friends with Maduro of Venezuela, You know, if you need more interesting figures on that hall of fame or shame. Uh, but within Turkey, Erdogan has built an interesting coalition. It's a coalition of far-right nationalists and his own Islamist base. The, the biggest party that supports him, other than his own party, is MHP, with Turkish initials or Turkish Nationals Action Party. It's typically the Turkish far-right, which uh, typically hates anything other than Turkish and very anti-Kurdish, very anti-Western anti-Christian, anti-anything. And they are a big part of the coalition. They give him an additional 6-7% of the vote, maybe even a little more. Uh, 
Then there is a small Islamist Kurdish party. Uh, that that is a part of the coalition. Erdogan even didn't officially include in the coalition, but he has the moral support of Turkey's Maoists, who's been longtime allies of China. They have a small party called the Homeland Party. So uh, he just, it's very interesting. I mean, Erdogan's career is remarkable. I mean, 20 years ago when he came to power, he promised making Turkey a member of the European Union. And he allied himself with Turkey's liberals, did some good reforms in the initial years, free market reforms, political reforms. But the more he consolidated power, it turned out that all he was interested in the EU process was saving himself from the wrath of Turkey's secularist military. And the more he consolidated power, he started to shift towards a more Russia-like direction. And his allies have shifted uh, greatly. And uh, and he's put the same, the, the very liberals that supported his early reforms, some of them found, out, found themselves in Erdogan's jails. They're certainly demonized by his media. And now he has this coalition of Turkey's most uh, hateful people, of, of different figures of far right and in, in his own Islamist base as well. I don't want to make this personal for you, but you're not welcome in Turkey. Yes, I'm not welcome in Turkey. The The Turkish government or its propaganda machine is not a big fan of me, so I have not been comfortable going back in the past several years. Uh, I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people in Turkey. I mean, if you hang out with Turks in Washington who have been critical of the government, the joke is that, can you go back? If you go back, how many years do you go to for jail? Like it's a country that unfortunately has become good for a part of the society. For other people, it's become a scary, scary country. And and that is a fundamental problem with Erdogan's so-called democracy. I think the Erdogan experience should teach us a lesson about democracy. I mean, in, if democracy is about free elections, but also rule of law or freedom of speech and 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 checks and balances, that's a great system, right? That's been advancing liberty and, and human rights around the world. But Erdogan reduced democracy to mere ballots. It's just about who wins the ballots. And if you get 50 plus 1% of the vote, then you're the king. You can control the media, you can control the judiciary. And the people who didn't vote for you become your enemies. They become even enemies of the country. And it, it, it is ultimately democracy devolving into the tyranny of the majority embodied by one person, and that's Erdogan. That's why today's Turkey is a scary country where Erdogan supporters are very enthusiastic and they think he's making Turkey great and Muslim again. But a lot of people who have criticized Erdogan are living in fear, anxiety. They know that if Erdogan goes further, there will be no place for them in this country. Um, that is why I think the lesson from Turkey is that, well, it's not just about who wins. It's also about how the winners rule. And you should constrain those who are in power through rule of law, through independent judiciary, through checks and balances, through decentralization, all the principles that we really hold dear at Cato. Uh, and Turkey shows that when you take those principles out from so, quote unquote democracy, it becomes a tyranny of the majority. And, and there's nothing really uplifting about that. Mustafa Akiol is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 